2: Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the Guard. This is episode 274 of the Best Damn Space sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, September 6th, made available for download on Tuesday, September 10th, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm
3: Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow, and this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Net Weber tubes. Right, Tony?
2: That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com
0: and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak, and your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind.
3: If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv guardfreak.
2: Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber.
0: We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out.
3: And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise.
2: Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies,
0: and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the worlds of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps, and less time than it takes to skin a whippering quiver Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets.
3: And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony?
2: In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Outer Worlds, and Star
0: Citizen. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the Flight Deck. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Frontier Developments hosted a Frontier Extra livestream this week, where nothing was new was announced. And there was no active community goal, and the Thargoids are gone, and the Guardians are still dead. What the heck? And the final Galnet in-fiction storyline just wrapped up. Oh, doom on the horizon, that's for sure. So there we are. Star Citizen
3: turned on the information fire hose this week with roadmap updates, footnotes to the updates, a feature walkback, an hour of tech talk, and a partridge and a pear tree, which is scheduled for patch 3.7.
2: And even though it's not a space sim, I just don't care. Outer Worlds is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One on October 25th,
0: 2019. Woohoo!
2: So I'm I'm, going to get my Fallout on. Yeah, it looks good.
0: Fallout in space.
2: Nice. I, I watched the the thirty second trailer they dropped, and they had a two minute thing from they showed at E three or something like that, and it was, uh, they, I don't know about the gameplay, I don't know what their map looks like, I don't know about don't their care. interface. It just it just don't felt care. like Fallout. It just felt like Fallout New Vegas, and I'm I'm I want to go to there, so that's that's I'm, I'm definitely in, in line for that.
0: Already pre ordered. Don't care.
2: <laughs> yeah, it it looks pretty great. So gonna be one of those epic store exclusives though. So. I've gotten over it
0: well it's an epic store exclusive up to a point it's uh for the first year but you can still get yeah. it from other sources uh windows store you can get it from the windows store if you want i'm considering
2: buying it on xbox because we've got i've got the console we basically don't use it for anything
0: well if you if you up for the xbox ultimate game pass you get it on both the xbox and your pc
2: and what's that gonna send me back
0: that's uh like 14 dollars a month
2: that's like another netflix i don't yes. need another netflix
0: Okay. Well, I'll, I'm just. I don't need telling. that. Hey, I'm just relaying what you can do. Oh, oh well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: I know. I know. We're gonna forgive your slight bias being a next door neighbor to Microsoft up there and all. But it's okay.
0: It's all I'm right. a it's slight late. bias because Microsoft keeps me employed, Betty. <laughs> as long as they are Microsoft, I'm working. <laughs> Ken also says home, there
3: was a Homeworld Three announcement trailer this week.
0: Yes, and I saw, saw that the exclusive
3: as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we can take a minute to talk about that just for, just for a second because the way because the way that came across to me was that they're doing a crowdfunding and their crowdfunding goal this was Fig. Long time listeners mm. will remember will remember the Fig. Mm-hmm. Brian, you remember the Fig. Yep, yep. What was the name of that uh, video game? Was, was it Star Control or Starport or something like that? It was another one. Of those uh, I, of I do n-
3: not remember. We we discussed it. Yeah, with that yeah. one game.
2: It, yeah. it, it was another one of those. It was another nostalgia game, right? Uh-huh. It was like uh, going to be a sequel to a. A popular title that was out around in the 90s, and they were bringing it back. It didn't go. It, the funding failed. Um, they didn't meet. They didn't meet their goals. But for Homeworld 3, their goal was one dollar American. So, they're I mean, it automatically funded, right? Which means that they didn't. They didn't need this money to let the to make the project go. So this was just like a I don't know a vanity thing or a test the waters thing or. People can get spiffy swag things.
0: Did you see how much funding they got?
2: Well, uh, uh, the last time I checked, they were into the mid hundred thousands. I thought, Jeff, did, uh, have you seen something more recent than that?
0: No, no, you're you're right on there. Yeah. They they uh they expect. I think they were talking about something in the twenty five thousand or thirty thousand range, but they got way more than uh, expected, or way more support than they expected. So they're at six hundred and seventeen thousand and ten dollars right now.
1: All right, yeah. that oh, is a hundred percent of their goal which was a dollar you're right so
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, so I mean this it was like the homeworld three is coming I mean they weren't gonna not do it but I think this was a, a, a vehicle to raise extra cash and to maybe get some publicity and um you know give people a chance to get some uh you know backer swag or something you can also through fig as you'll remember uh, if you listen to the show you can also buy shares in the company, so that you get a piece of the revenue on th- off the back end once the uh, uh, once the game starts making money. So, um, be interesting to see how that wraps up. Their funding is still going to go for another twenty days, twenty two days, something like that. Henry, you got that up on the? Uh
1: let's go yeah, for I have. Month or so, I
2: thought. Let's see,
1: twenty two days and twenty three hours left.
2: Uh, but yeah, so uh, interesting to see if that uh, see how that plays out. Um, well, I mean, they're funded, so it will play out there. But I'm kind of interested to see uh what they what they top out at. Uh, so we'll, uh, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, the, the new, the new, fr- the new frontier in crowdfunding is that, uh, equity sharing or backing, you can choose between the two of them. So, see how that goes. All right, uh, well, so Frontier, uh, had a Frontier Extra show, and this was a Frontier show, so they went through, uh, updates for their entire portfolio of games. I skipped to the end, which was where Elite Dangerous was. Um, and they didn't have anything new really to share there. They had, uh, shared some community things like uh, uh, photographs. And uh, uh, they had a commander of the week they were highlighting. Uh, they did reiterate that the new player tutorial is going to be out on September 18th. Uh, so that's going to uh, hit uh, what, a week, basically a week after our next show. So uh, that we're looking forward to that.
3: I guess just to remind me, this is the one where you start in a, like a safe system thing now?
2: Right, yes. Uh, so that that is currently in the game. What they're going to sh- release on the 18th is um, a tutorial set that even if you're an established commander, you can still access it from your panel. You, know, you can uh, just okay. go back in and play the tutorials. But new players will uh, be immediately presented with these missions so that they can, if they want, learn how to fly their spaceship, which I think is a fantastic thing for a game to do.
1: In my opinion, with them revamping the new player experience, isn't it about time Frontier said we can have alt characters instead of making us buy a second copy of the game? Not being able to to play a new alt or log in as a separate commander sometimes is a problem. I'd like to have Mm -hmm. a character that's in the bubble and also be out on my exploration trip I'm on now. I feel like they're missing the boat there. They'd sell me twice as much stuff if I had two ships to outfit doing different things on the other side of the galaxy.
2: I feel that, uh, that they're not going to do that because they would like your extra 20 bucks, Henry. They would, they would like they would like you to pay an extra 20 dollars for a second copy of the game.
1: My argument is yeah. I would buy more cosmetic stuff. you know I would buy more stuff if I had more commanders with ships. Basically I fly, I fly my favorite ship on my commander. If I was flying a combat only commander, I would have a whole different ship and a whole new set of customizations. So I think they're shooting themselves in the foot.
3: Yeah, it's 20 but it's 20 bucks plus all the money for the expansions, right? because you still have to buy the at least horizons and stuff, right?
2: You don't have to. Yes, you do. Um,
1: It's worthless.
2: Well, it's well. I mean, it it, Horizons is pretty great, but but they they have so many sales that it's. I think uh, I bought a copy for my daughter about a year ago, and I think I paid twenty six dollars for the bundle. Hmm. I think the Commander Bundle, which was the was uh, the original game and Horizons, it was like seventy five percent off or something like that. So just yeah, you just have to wait for the sales. And you can get you can get both of them really really cheap. So, I, I I see your point. You are correct. Probably that they if if they were doing more of the traditional free to play model, it would make sense for them to give you alts because you would then buy those power ups or additional weapons or flare or whatever on multiple characters. But since they do just do cosmetics, I I think that their model is if you want an alt, wait for it to go on sale. Give us another twenty bucks. We get to count it as cash, revenue, right? And we get to say it's another installed game. And I think that really has a lot to do with it. Because last week we talked just a little bit, I think, about Frontier's financials. I'm not sure if we got around to it. Um, but their financials were looking look pretty good. Um, and one of the things that they hammer on is their installed user base when they do their little reports. I think all three of their games that, that they have out right now and that are supporting are over $2 million uh, installed copies
1: each. Yeah, but there's only fifty guys playing Elite. They just all have a thousand copies apiece. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think
3: I'd I'd mind if it, you know they charged money in the, the, the store for it, right? You know, like five bucks or something like that for a character slot.
1: I would like that, sure. But they Tony's got a point. The installed base goes up, it's a way to inflate their numbers one way.
3: Yeah, I think I think the one the one feature that you would want for something like that is to be able to share stuff with that other character. And that's one thing that they don't have in the game right now, right? It's it's hard to make those those transactions,
2: right? Oh yeah, on purpose. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, but yeah. I mean, if you had if if they were you know mutually exclusive characters, it's less less of an issue to share you know uh, stuff between them, in my opinion.
2: Well, you, I mean, you may be right, but I mean, they'd have to come up with a whole whole tons of back end stuff. And, again, I'm thinking like Star Trek Online, you have to have the account bank. And you have to, you know, uh, uh, have that uh, main login screen where you select characters. Sure. And I think, I, I, I think, I, I think that they're perfectly happy to maintain their current model without touching anything on the backside of it. And just let, just let it go. It's I, again, it seems to be working for them because they're they're they keep making money hand over fist on this stuff when a, on a five year old game. I that's uh, they're not going to touch it. Don't 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 mess with it. Don't breathe on it. Don't look at it funny. Just let it keep going.
0: Speaking of uh, uh, aging game uh, and uh, characters, did you did anybody happen to read that little bit about uh, Eve Online doing grief counseling for new players? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Right? I skimmed.
1: I didn't read it much because I don't play Eve. I think that's silly.
0: I played Eve from the very beginning until. uh... A few years back, but uh, yeah, I thought that was like funny as heck.
2: Did we ever confirm that that was actual satire or
0: no? No, no, it was uh, it was actual real. They want to retain. So what happens is they get about six thousand new players every week, uh, but they only retain like ten percent or less <clears throat> after the first seven days. So they wanna they wanted to find a way to. Um, raise the percentage rate, I guess. Don't make your game Google Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What's this? That's that's almost kind of creepy. That's like that guy you call when you try to cancel your HBO subscription. You're like, sir, are you are you not pleased with that, sir? No, I just you know I don't really watch Game of Thrones is over. I don't want to I don't want to watch anymore. But you know we have a wonderful number of other opportunities. For you. Yeah, I just don't care. You know, I just cancel me. Well, let me escalate you to our customer service. No, no, you can cancel me. It's okay. Yeah, I, it seems a little creepy to me. Grief counselor. To, yeah. Good luck with I, it, though.
3: I mean, it is it is a glorified customer retention specialist, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we offered you a coupon for a new ship? Why don't you give us a copy of Elite instead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Send me, co- me up with an alt commander and Elite instead. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, <laughs> All right. So that brings us to, back around again, to Star Citizen. And we got it this week you know i made 40 what, well, we made 40 50 minutes of discussion out of how much they didn't have well this week they turned on the information fire hose and now there's like a million things to talk about so mm. so brian just just take it away just just start wherever you can even start with berating me about last week i don't care just uh just 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 where where do you, you want to start take it take us on a journey take us on a trip jeez
3: leaving it open ended like that
2: that's right that's right we are in your cap. we're welcome back we're in your capable hands
3: so much pressure <laughs> um I mean, you know, my my opinion on your conspiracy theory around uh, the release being affected by console port, I think everybody already knows what my opinion is there.
1: I would like to know your opinion. Yeah, yeah, let's spin it out. Well,
3: I'm pretty sure I called it a half-baked conspiracy theory. That's the one. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> let, let, me, let, let me finish. Let me finish. That only exists in the Tony-verse. That well, only I think exists was the in the Tony-verse. That's right.
3: Now, I, I will clarify. I will clarify. I agree that they're going to eventually do a Squadron 42 console port, and it might not actually be all that far off. I just don't think it's affecting the current schedule. I think whatever they have affecting the current schedule is just normal crap. You know? And, because
1: you... You wouldn't expect them to be like, hey, I got this idea. Can we cram this into production in the middle? You wouldn't expect them to derail things like that because that would be unheard of in CI. <laughs> no, they just don't no. do that. They don't do that sort no, of no,
2: no, we know
3: no, that. no, no well, we already know that they do that, right? That's not the issue. The issue is I don't think they're delaying things because of the console port. I think the console port is kind of, they already have console controller features in there. You know, I think that you know most of the console stuff is going to be performance passes. And I doubt they're really targeting console platforms with the performance passes that they're they're doing right now. Um, one of the things I'd also like on the same note to, to comment on is there were some technical inaccuracies in some of the discussions. So like um, I mentioned quad xenons at one point in the chat and you guys picked that up. Um, that's not for their servers. I don't know what their servers run. They, I think they run on like a Google cloud, you know, for I the stuff AWS. they put deplet-
2: no, we, yeah, we talked about that, and the, 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 these are their desktops that have the quad.
3: These are their desktops, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think we got that. Okay, I thought we got that. If, well, we, yeah, if we were unclear, yeah, I apologize. No,
3: there was there was some sort of it was some sort of yeah there was some sort of doubt about them having server racks or something like that. I just want to make sure no, that's, that's all that's AWS. Not what
2: that's all cloud stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but the 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 reason that that's an issue though is so, but for Star Citizen, the, the server piece runs in the cloud. Right? it's actually yeah. validating your physics movements and stuff like that. that's why all this stuff matters because it actually has to load in objects with geometry and, 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 and test your you know your physical interactions in the cloud right to prevent right. cheating um, but for squadron 42 the server runs on your computer and so that's why it matters for squadron 42. For Star Citizen, it matters because that affects how many players can load in the system because your server can only be so big, you know. And they discussed, you know, for SSOCs how they're going to be breaking up the server a bit and some of this new news and stuff.
0: So literally, what you're saying is that I need to build a uh, quad opteron um, uh, desktop with uh, massive amounts of RAM just to be able to run CI's game. Yeah,
3: if you're if you're pulling an internal bill, probably yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. So, uh okay. So, uh we I think we got some of that ironed out then. Is there anything else you wanted to take particular ta- particular task uh take me to task over and, and anything pop out? There's a uh, lot there. I mean, yeah, I, don't, you know, I, don't, no I don't
3: remember all the finer details. I didn't take notes.
2: Um it oh, I'm really It seemed to
3: go on for quite a while. So, um. <laughs> After, so I, there really I will, wasn't... I'll admit, after a while, I'd kind of zoned out a little so, bit.
2: Yeah, that's right. You pulled a Jeff, just sort of laid back, closed your eyes, and just let it, let, it, let yourself float away.
1: <laughs> I imagine it went something like this. He had his fingers in his ears and was going, la, 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 through the whole thing.
2: <laughs> uh, that's that's what I call good radio. I have, I I have years, of ex-
3: years of experience of listening to Tony and silently shouting at him. You know, I can... <laughs> <laughs> I need to plug uh, the ears. Like I, I, I'm, I'm,
2: I have it in practice now.
0: <laughs>
2: All right. So Jeff, you found your You found your motherboard yet?
0: Oh yeah. You know it's only eight hundred and eighty dollars. Oh good. All right. Well, that's not so bad. That's just the board. Yeah. yeah why not? Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You know
2: what else you get for that eight hundred ninety dollars? An eight ninety jump. <laughs> <laughs> you get an eight ninety jump for that, Jeff? Because uh, they talked pretty... about that. They had a movie today.
3: Yeah. It's a. It is a great trailer. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Honestly, that web page is probably their best ship landing page so far.
2: With like, what's it cost to watch it? Zero dollars, Henry. They're, <laughs> they're trying to. They want you. They want you to. They want you to get you in the showroom. They want you to get you in the showroom to spend. Uh. They got to get you in. They got to really in. Got to get you. All in. right. So they. So they got the eight ninety uh, commercial. I got the eight ninety commercial out. And again, this, you know, we've always said that the uh, this is like the, uh, the the machinima sandbox extraordinaire, right? I mean, I think that. That's pretty
3: clear. They didn't they didn't film that. I mean, they filmed it in engine, but they didn't film it in game.
2: No, 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 no. But I mean, but I but this is the sort of thing where people who like to do machinima will go, yeah. "One day, one day I shall do that." And and you know. And and there have been a number of pretty good fan-made commercials. Absolutely. Fan-made trailers. So, make, I mean, they I, have
3: they have a they have a regular contest on fan-made commercials for ships too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so there was that, and then there was uh there was uh, Inside Star Citizen, which ran for only eight minutes, and I go. I went ahead and agreed with Skiffy that the trend that he, you know, I, I, I admonished him slightly last week. He said the last two episodes have been really, really short. He says it's a trend. I'm like, hold on, wait, wait, two is a coincidence, three is a pattern. Wait for the third. So I went ahead and gave him the hashtag trend uh, for for the eight minute long um, Inside Star Citizen. Uh, but there was big news in this one, concentrated wise uh goodbye hover mode uh hover mode is 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 dead now they're replacing it back with well they,
3: with they that's not necessarily news they kind of already leaked that before i mean the, the, hover mode is not going away it's just getting turned into something a little bit different
1: there needs to be something different when you're docking so you're not just like leaning against a wall like you yeah, know what i mean it doesn't the, look the,
3: natural it's called at all.
2: something different now and it behaves differently
3: yeah it's it's I don't remember the name of it. it it's like a uh, low altitude assist or something. The way yeah, hover mode used to work is it worked like a helicopter, right? So if you've piloted a helicopter in like Battlefield or something like that, you know, you you tilt a little bit and your your downward thrush pushes you, and that's the way they they did it because so, they wanted a specific look, right? When you're you're going in, they want when you're going slow, they want the spaceship to kind of behave like a helicopter and look like a Huey. The problem is, is that's insanely hard to control. And so now it's a lot more forgiving where when you get below a certain speed it just kind of treats it almost like a 2D plane at that point, right? You can still go up and down using your Z axis, but if you if you try and, if you try and tilt it just doesn't let you tilt. It's still you just kind of hover around in a 2D plane.
0: Uh, you know, it used to be the flight sims and space sims used to be a, a learning curve of skill. Okay? So are we are we letting the game are we letting them get away with dumbing down this so that we we forget our skills? Yeah, no. I mean cuz it was a lot easier before.
1: <laughs> I don't I, I don't well they yeah, a lot it a easier lot but harder. <laughs> you're talking about it's easier using the same kind of flight mechanics you're using in airless space. The problem I have with this is they're trying to simulate the fact that your ship performs differently in an atmosphere near a gravitational body. By no. changing the way the flight thing works, and and the way they should really do that is just make your ship heavy and sluggish. The closer you get to the ground and the, the thicker the atmosphere, you should be spending most of your thrust trying to stay off the ground. in a In a situation where you're trying to hover a huge, heavy ship, you're not going to need that kind of energy in at atmo- in, in space. That's not the I mean, issue. So it makes sense. That's not the, how do you figure
3: that. I mean, that's not what they're that's not what they're simulating right now. So they already have the atmospheric. The atmospheric um, um, addition with regards to wings, they already have the gravitational addition and the, the mass, and so that's all figured into your thrusters.
1: So, and if that was figured in in such a way that I think is realistic, once you get down close to the ground, you don't have any forward velocity to, to use your wings at all. They're completely irrelevant. You're in hover mode. You're you're basically you're vectoring thrust downward. Yeah. Right, like a helicopter, mm-hmm. and you're gonna pitch, and that's gonna you know slide you around like you would in a helicopter. And that's what hover that mode. was. That makes sense to me. That's what hover yes, mode was. Except it was um uh, it was like a dumbed down arcadey version yeah. of that. Yeah. No. If instead. As you, Henry's right. If instead, you know, your ship becomes so heavy and unwieldy that you find you can't pitch forward because you're going to nose down into the dirt. You can't pitch backward or, or sideways because you're going to slide too far sideways and roll into the dirt. You've got to maintain level. You've got to bring it into a hover and set it down. That's the way
2: it would really be. Yeah. So, you know, you know the have-
1: flight dynamics of a helicopter change when you go into a landing mode. So, Am I beating a dead horse again?
2: Uh, there's no horse here, but, but Kinshaw <laughs> okay. wants to talk. No, so. I
3: mean, I okay. th- think the, the, the thing you're not factoring here is that the thrusters in this game are insanely powerful. They're able to stop you Why? on a dime and all sorts of crap like that, right? Why?
1: Why wouldn't they be able to do that and in space with a huge heavy ship, stopping it on a dime is still going to take a lot less power than hovering above a, a landing surface for minutes. So what I'm saying
3: here is that it all depends on what the... It's not about... It's not about the power or the weight, which is what you're claiming. It's about what the intelligent flight control system is doing. Because this is all about, you know, computer assist. That's all it is about.
0: Let me chime in about intelligent flight control systems. Because back in the 90s, I was playing a game called Longbow 2 by Janes. And, uh, and, and I know this is true for all helico- modern helicopters today. They actually have a hover ho- uh, hold that... Um, uh, automatically, it's like autopilot. It automatically adjusts the pitch and RPMs to maintain a, 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 a literally a spot on I the earth. I think that's what it is now.
3: Yeah. So the the way that the way that hover mode works right now is when you get down to a certain speed, it starts pulling your thrusters down because you no longer have lift, right? And so you're because you're below a certain forward velocity, you have all of your thrust down. Okay, and but it still lets you tilt, which is the problem. So if you tilt and all your thrust is down, then you go along like it, like, and a, to be like clear, a helicopter. It's not,
2: li- yeah. The new the, the, system. This is going away. This is the thing that's going away. Sort of.
0: The new system just doesn't well, let right. you tilt. So, anymore. so, so uh, no more true lies uh, um, stunts, then I guess.
2: Remember, remember the idea here is that the space sim, a space sim, is a series of mini games, right? It's just a bunch of different mini games all strung together. The hover minigame, I think they found out, wasn't fun and, or, it got in the way of the other minigames you were trying to play while hovering. Like, shoot the soldiers, or blow up the tank, or attack the missile battery, or land the ship, or pick up the soldier, or whatever. Well, if
0: there's no tilt, there's none, none of those going to be happening. You have a, Well,
3: mo- most of these, these ships have articulated guns. You can there still you- go up and down. You can still go on a 2D axis.
0: Yeah I think that's the wrong approach. I really do because uh for one, there's you're going to have to uh, whether you're keyboard and mouse or uh, stick and throttle or stick and stick, you you're still going to need some you're still going to need to have to learn a certain amount of skill. Uh, and not they can't anymore you're not. You you can't take all the skill away. You're not going to have a fun game. They just did. They just took
3: all this they took the skill away from a new mechanic they added that for
1: landing. They should just go the the way No Man's Sky did, and you can highlight a circle oh, and say land there, and your ship will out. just go right there, <laughs> and then you don't have to land anything. Yes, seven forty seven has
0: an instrument you know, landing. No, I have system. been supportive all night of Henry, <laughs> and I, now I am just. I've been playing
1: No Man's Sky all week. I am sorry, I am like I got it in my mind.
0: It's a great game.
2: Right. Well, all right. So that was that was that was I that was that was inside Star Citizen. Basically, they had a little demo of their new personal um, inventory system.
0: What circle square?
2: Yeah, the, the circle console gets the controls. Uh, are protected? we going to play yes. tic
0: tac toe with our yeah, with our? Yes,
2: yeah. The console controls, yeah. The one that aren't attached to your Moby Glass, yeah. Those those controls. That
0: Why one. isn't it a part
1: of your Moby Glass? Isn't everything supposed to be part to of your Shiv, Glass?
2: According to Shiv, and I think that I think I picked this up from the thing. It's part of your internal thought system. So, like your internal emo- emoting and emojis or whatever the hell that it is. It's the same layer, I yeah. guess. Okay. Because you're, of, cause you're
3: putting your hand in a bag rather than. I guess it would make more sense to yeah
1: okay. Yeah, you're not selecting it on a display. It's not something like you would pull out your iPad and then choose the pistol you want to select. You wouldn't do that. That makes sense. That may actually makes a lot
2: of sense. But isn't that how you change your weapons and armor now anyway?
3: Yeah, but the the in in theory that kind of sort of goes away where you can only do that in space stations at, at a certain point. Oh, like you're you you're, your you're only going to carry stuff in physicalized slots eventually in the game. So you go to your 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 dress cabinet and you pick all the stuff you're gonna wear and then that's it right if you want to go mm. drop your gun that's fine but you're not gonna go uh you know swap out entire outfits in the finished game you know while you're floating through space
2: all right well anyway that was the other main thing uh all right because then they had an hour-long discussion with chad and todd and brian
3: brian chambers and todd pappy i didn't watch i, I didn't watch the whole thing i had to watch a recap
2: uh yeah so um, maybe the maybe that's good because I I like backed up the th- like I like what did he say I like had to rewind a lot I, I just spent a lot of time rewinding so maybe the, maybe the recap will be better what was the, what did the recap say
3: so I I, I watched Nubifier's thing because I just uh-huh. didn't have time today to watch the the actual thing um, like I I'll, I'll like three times watch like I did he he went through a bunch of other stuff that I just didn't care about um so I didn't, I didn't write it down um, mostly there was some things about the, the stuff we t- that you guys talked about last week, which is not really pertinent. Um, but the, <laughs> the stuff that, I, that, that highlighted to me where the, the gameplay loops are, are and, and some of the mechanics are all, they have an order to them now. So they're, they're still working on mining. Mining is already in the game, but they're going to be doing some mining stuff. Then they're going to do salvage. Salvage was, a, was originally going to be in 3.7, but I think it got pushed to 3.8 or something like that. But salvage is the next thing up on the list. Um, personal mining is now in 3.7 um, and uh, and then after done with salvage then they're going to go back to trading and work on trading as a gameplay loop slash profession and then they're going to then they have three that are kind of grouped together um, and I, I think these are in four but I can't remember which patch they're in but it's piracy, security and bounty hunting and those, those, are, those are last once those first three that are more uh, physicalized mechanics work you know they have cargo and all sorts of stuff uh, they talked about uh, SSOCs. They said that uh, so OCS is already in the game, you know, for the engine, and they are slowly patching in bits of it needed for server-side OCS. Um, so in the current patch, object containers now have some of the types that are going to be needed by SSOCs, specifically dynamic and static. So static, when you load the level, are always there, and dynamic are the ones that can pop in and out. Server-side OCS um, effectively needs uh, some sort of global persistence Um, and there was I guess some back and forth dependencies there between the two of them. Um, One of the things that they said was first up on the docket was being able to keep some of your stuff from patch to patch. That's one of the first levels of persistence so when they patch the game again your credit balance doesn't go away, you know, if you bought a Cutlass end game, that doesn't go away, things like
2: that. That's in the no promises zone.
3: Yeah, yeah. But that—that—that's that's first first steps, right, where they yeah. let you keep pieces of that. That's part of the persistence.
2: They got into the nitty-gritty of this. And Chad got in there. He, he came into the show a little late. They got him mic'd up. They, he sat down, and then they said, so tell us about server-side OCS. And he went on, I think it was about seven minutes of just talk. I mean... And rightfully so, you guys get on my case about talking, like a blue streak. Rightfully so. But this guy, <laughs> about, about seven minutes, and he just talked straight for the whole time. I had to rewind him two or three times to go, what was that? Say that again? What, huh? So uh, he had a lot to say about server-side OCS. But one of them that you just talked that you mentioned just a second ago, um, Brian, was that... They've got to have persistence working before they can do server-side OCS, before they can implement that. So that's got to come first, which is, I don't know if that's out of order or slightly different order or something we, I don't know if they've actually covered it. But remember back in the CitizenCon presentation, they had the pillars. One of them was persistence. One of them was OCS, server-side OCS. And the other one was subsumption, I guess. yes. So... They're having to go in... Persistence has to come before server-side OCS. So they have what they've done, apparently, is sort of clutched together a sort of persistence prototype, is what they called it, that may be able to fake or at least have the same result as a server-side OCS for the time being. So they may be able to, in the near or midterm accomplish what they want to do with server-side OCS without full persistence.
3: Right. So that that was in relation to, say, microtech and stuff, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think more to the point, though, this is how they're going to get around not having all this stuff ready for Squadron 42. Because if they can get something together that behaves like server-side OCS without having to have global persistence and Transport things up to AWS and send it back and all that kind of stuff, and you know, for, for Squadron Forty Two, they'll just have to have. They just have to remember what you're wearing and how many times you've been shot. They don't have, sure. you don't have to. Well, it's so much simpler.
3: Server side OCS for Squadron Forty Two is primarily about limiting your CPU MIPS, right? Right. So just to keeping your CPU down, as long as it hits whatever goal they have for whatever they consider the average computer. Then they can ship that. It doesn't yeah. have to have all the same things that the persistent universe has to do because they're gated on, you know, player counts for server loads and things like that.
2: Yeah. So this little workaround is how they're going to do Squadron 42 in a year, rather than having to wait for global persistence to be in and bug-free, and then we put server-side OCS on top of that, because that doesn't sound like that's something they can get done in a year.
1: That sounds sad. Actually, you don't think it would in a year. You think they'll still be trying to figure it out? No, yeah.
2: I, I
0: don't. I don't think they'll be. Tra- I don't either.
2: Global, no, no. Remember, remember, guys. That we server side OCS is the next milestone after the current milestone. They got to get persistence in first.
0: Uh, we have persistence already existing in technology today. I mean, it's not something they have to figure out. It's something they have to get working. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I think all that time on just SSOCS is like, I don't know. It just seems like such a, it's, uh, what do you think? Do you think that's an extreme view of how long it should take? Uh, And they've already been on it for a while. uh, Again,
3: you know, for Squadron 42, it's a different conversation, right? Right, Right, because
0: everything is is client side. I mean, your game is client side. It is completely a perf optimization.
1: Right. So you're saying basically you think Tony's right then? Uh, maybe.
3: I mean, it, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be like it's probably gonna be they have a deadline. You know, we're gonna be putting in as much as we can in that deadline to get the performance down. Right. But as long as it hits their minimum viable product for you know CPU MIPS, like what's my what's my utilization on a you know quad core i7 you know that you know is maybe the mainstream computer in 2021, right? That that's what they're targeting right now. It's not, it's not a, I have to get X, Y, and Z in, or the game doesn't work. It's let's hit a perf target because that's all SSOCs is.
2: So the so this is because Squadron Forty Two is a much more narrowly defined environment, both in terms of what is on the character and what's on the terms of the map. You know, they know where you're going. They know what you have because they'll give it to you at the beginning of the mission. So having, having a workaround that doesn't include streaming everything in, streaming everything out, whether it's static or dynamic, all that, they don't need any of that. All they need is finish the mission with the same loadout you had to start with. How many times did you get shot? What parts of the wing did you lose? Fit, land your mission. Here's your score. Move on to the next mission.
0: It's a standalone game, just like just right. like most of the games that you play today. You 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 get updates from you know uh, patches or whatever, but but for the most part you're playing a local copy of of, of right. Star Citizen, literally. You're, you're they they may even run a service in the background that that runs a a little client. Of that, some that's kind. exactly what they're doing. But I, I think bet you're right, Tony, they don't
3: have, you know, you're typically going to have save points and stuff like that. They don't need to, to, to save off the fact that you're in the middle of an asteroid field They'll just pop you back to the Idris or whatever. Right.
2: Yeah, they're still going to work on global persistence. And they're still going to work on server side OCS, but this is their insurance policy so that Squadron 42 actually works whether they get all this stuff done in a year or not. This is their insurance policy. Well, in addition to the, all the talk about uh, server-side OCS and backends and performances and all that kind of stuff, they also talked about uh, the new staggered development, uh, which we spent uh, some time on last week, and they uh, had some more Being thoughts. staggering and, development. It was a staggering development that they've staggered it. And Brian, one of the things, one of the comments you mentioned, and it, we'll get to it again in feedback, is that we were pretty sure they were already doing that. Or at least right. it appeared that way.
3: Yeah. They, some features they've they've said over many times have been, especially stuff coming out of Foundry 42 in Germany, um, you know, those are long-run features. So not everything has been on this three-month cycle.
2: So one of the things they said in the segment was that they were on a uh, – they, they were doing three sprints, three two-week sprints. That's six weeks. And they're supposed to have a go-no-go no go meeting halfway through the quarter to see if something makes it into the patch. Mm-hmm. So they were basically sprinting all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, Does that math work for you, computer guys? Is that what was happening? Yeah,
3: sprint's a development philosophy, though, right? I mean, that's that's the way, even if they're doing nine-month cycles or whatever, they're still probably doing two-week sprints and th- during that time.
2: All right, so it's, it's just like, you get to this next checkpoint, get to this next checkpoint, get to this next checkpoint yeah, within yeah. That, it's a It's a that.
3: project management style. That's all it is.
2: All right, well, so what they were saying, what they said was that they would do this and they would get to the go no go meeting if they had one. And they were basically just always trying to catch up with themselves. So not all the teams would have a go no go meeting with the senior guys. And then bugs would get in. And then that would piss people off, both the teams and the management. And they get sent back and they release buggy stuff. And everyone was mad and angry all the time. So now they're going to do, you have three months until the go no go meeting. So you've got. Time to do all that stuff right, and then you have got the three months on the back end to fix whatever was wrong in the go/no go meeting. So if you're no go, you go back. They push your thing another quarter. You go on to the next deal. You know, you're, you're coming off of this six month thing. Now you're on a nine month thing. Mm-hmm. Go back, and we'll have another go/no go meeting in 12 more weeks. So it just the, the the they've probably I think helped themselves with being able to have less problem at the end of it but they've extended the length of time between decisions right there's 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 more time between decision points so the balance here is that yeah they're probably going to have a better quality product at the end of it but the product's going to take at least three months longer possibly six months longer because the go no go meeting before was at halfway through the three months now it's halfway through the six months and if you don't pass it halfway through the six months, you're going on to the next one, which is nine months down. Honestly,
3: if, if the conversation was just around Star Citizen, I don't think this is, it would really be a conversation, right? Because it, 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 how they shuffle this stuff around in the in the back with the project management is after the after a first after the first couple of patches here this year is not going to really be visible to us. You know? I agree. But, I agree. But you're right. Squadron Forty Two is a little little more in. Immediate.
2: And guess how much project they've released the roadmap. And guess how much they've done between last week and this week on Squadron Forty Two.
1: They knocked out a bunch of it, right?
2: No. Oh,
1: but they knocked None. out some of it, right? None.
2: None. Oh damn. Yeah. So I. It, so it. Eh, I mean, it's. It. I get it. I mean, I understand. So the. I. The, something has. Something happened somewhere. That required them to push this back we got we learned about that last week it's their 90 day freebie we always know we always knew that you know, they whatever they said is gonna be plus 90 days so they've used that up now but last week it was like where's all the information this week they're like here's a bunch of information and we're like oh wow that's a lot of information and then you go look at their roadmap they've updated the roadmap itself but on the the stuff that's still on the roadmap for q3 there's still nothing else done And maybe they just haven't updated it again I mean, that's possible that they haven't ported over the Jira outputs or whatever that is they do to make this thing in the background. But the underlying complaint, observation, concern with the traditional brackets that we had last week still goes unaddressed this week. Hey, guess how much that progress they had on Squad on uh, Star Citizen? Uh, also, uh, a lot. No, they got like a few things done on the um, combat, the uh, uh, AI stuff. Did they, they, they spend a some... the
1: week rewriting the roadmap?
2: No, it's the same as last week. It's just it's the the thing is they've they've shared a lot of information. They shared a lot of information this week. There's a new commercial, the 890 commercial. There's the the uh, they had you know, something they have they had substantive things in the inside of Star Citizen. Not a lot, but they had it was substantive stuff. And then they had that hour with uh, with you know some fairly senior people, some people who have their fingers on the pulse inside the company. These are all good things. Bottom line is though. Still nothing, on 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 the on the roadmap side of things, which is fine if they don't want the roadmap to be a roadmap anymore. That's okay, but you know, show us some stuff.
3: There was some other notes I saw. So refueling was removed, but they said it will be popped back on the roadmap shortly after they take a new pass at whatever effort um, they think it is.
0: Well, what what are they talking about refueling? I mean, stopping at the uh, at the uh, Starfare, no?
3: like ship to ship refueling.
0: Oh, the ship to ship. Okay, yeah, uh, that yeah. seems fair. That's a little, that's yeah, a little That this, was a little wonky.
3: And that includes like the Starfare diving into gas giant stuff and and whatnot too. From what I does understand. It? Yeah, they, they was kind of mentioned in the
1: same breath. Oh yeah, but will it actually be included? Because it it does seem like a separate mechanic. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to end up being broken up. It's one of those things they'll refactor. Maybe.
2: So they do. They do talk about uh, some of the things we've already discussed a little bit mentioned the salvage and the security system both of that uh, they've talked about where those are going to be moved around and how salvage is getting pushed back Mm -hmm. to look i think it looks like i think it's 4.0 i don't think it's on this one but it is on the uh on the updated um roadmap link itself uh but they are taking out the security system and putting in prison gameplay
1: Mm -hmm. i haven't heard the specifics of what prison gameplay is is that breaking out every time you break a law? What is that?
3: So the idea is that if you hit a certain wanted level, because right now it's like uh, GTA style wanted levels, basically, but the, um, the prisons are utilizing the new cave system. And it's kind of a way, I think, of showing off the caves as well. Um, but the general idea of prisons is that it is a consequence of if you become like a really bad person and then you die. So before you die, you know, as the, the game right now has ways of clearing your wanted levels and you can, you can go do that by hacking computers and stuff, or eventually you'll be able to pay off bounties and stuff. But if you die with a wanted level, you in theory, go to prison. And then in while you're in prison, there are in theories ways you can get out of prison by either buying your way out or by doing like a game pay, like a prison gameplay loop um or people can try and break you out of prison from what i understand as well but they haven't shared all those details for
0: at least the 3.7 implementation oh my god Uh, can't we just get the core game this is
3: not a new thing i'm going to go ahead and go ahead and say this this was in since the very beginning the whole game the whole prison thing this was possibly chris roberts brainstorming on a live stream but it has been in since at least 2013 uh, in terms of the lore and the, the promises for the game. So this is not a new thing. But uh, the law system, like Tony said, has been pushed out.
0: Well, what about our other stretch goals that haven't been brought forth yet? I mean, come on. I mean, they're all, they all have to be implemented. It's just about priority, right?
2: And this one, I guess, moved up
3: this is a way of them testing caves in my opinion too.
0: well if if Tony wants to be a star citizen lawyer I guess it's perfect for him but what about the rest of us well if you don't break the law this doesn't apply to you
3: I guess but if you want other people that break the law to, to suffer which apparently is a big thing you know as a, as, as a pirate advocate I do not I do not like the
2: idea of prisons but um. <laughs> this explains why they're spending so much time on the bartender AI, because <laughs> mopping the floor and cleaning the sinks and washing dishes and peeling potatoes are going to be an important part of gameplay in prison.
3: It might be. That's fantastic. There's a whole there's a whole soap mechanic.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. So the prison mechanic is now up on the list. They say apparently it's uh, they have not uh, they're co- still currently working on the feature set and aren't ready to put on the roadmap just yet, but big winky face, Disco Lando is saying there's a bunch of stuff coming in 4.0, big winky face. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that uh, this is some of the stuff they're trying to do uh, on that. So, But there, it seems to me they're putting a lot of stuff into 4.0.
3: But, uh, the other thing here and that sounds like they're, they're working on for 3.7 is the REP system, which I think is, is interesting. Um, We'll see what um, what exactly that ends up being in the first implementation. But that's something that's been missing for a long time. Not being able to see, like like you can do staggered missions to kind of get access to other missions. But I'd really like to build a build up rep with like pirate factions or build up rep with space stations and stuff like that. And I think that even before the rest of the gameplay loops are there, being able to at least do missions to build rep, I think is
0: Important. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of would like to see it a different way, though. I, I thought about this long. Actually, I think I talked about this way back in the beginning when we first started this program. Was that a, a personal rep really has no bearing except to oneself, but corporate rep on the other hand does have bearing, especially in the game universe and your rep with the corporation also has bearing because that gives you the sweeter jobs and that kind of thing that's the kind of system i was hoping that they would implement where you if you're part of a like our little guard frequency corporation you earn rep with your corporation the corporation earns rep with the universe and um you know all is good because that's really what real life is i mean I get a raise or I get a better better you know uh, different or better work or whatever because my rep with my company
3: you have both right I mean I, I as far as corporate rep I kind of agree I'd be mean, really neat you know if, if there's a global corporate rep and then you inherit some of that but like you know uh, nobody on the podcast here probably knows even where I work, <laughs> right? So thinking about real life, you know, you this my
0: reputation with you is totally separate from my job. But I don't want you my to job know is. where I work. I mean, that that's yeah. the point about well, that. But the...
2: yeah, but yeah, what Brian was saying though is that he the the we know him from his work on this show, right? And right. and in the Star Citizen sort of and in the space sim sort of circle, right? 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 He could be like the worst chip designer ever. Uh, could he be. could be like. He could be look at look at the guy sucking down a giant beer I mean, right, he's now. He's, right now. He's, he's drinking right now at work. He's drinking on camera. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean we could. Yeah, you know, he could be designing like you know the next robot AI that that massacres every human on Earth. We would never know. Well, Henry he would will fix know. that. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> knock it over with his chair. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but it, you That's see the end what the I mean? Robot apocalypse. I am I for one I I have a very low, well I have not very low. I, I have a minimal online presence my rep you know i don't do a lot of posting on facebook i don't do a lot of tweeting my my friends are few um I, i earn rep with them yes but but again they are few and i really don't care to change that i really you know i do care about my reputation at work i do care uh you know about my reputation with my friends but really that's that's only that's well, let's think about it um, this way. Let's say, let's say it's like you want
3: to go pick out a pick out a job because you're a freelancer, right? You want to go get a job from the government. Right now, your job with the government in real life is probably just primarily your tax return, right? So that's how they know whether you're a good citizen. It's, it'd be the same kind of thing. And
2: start yeah, a but
0: that, actually, they should be looking at like who I work for, not not. Uh...
2: Well, uh, hang hang on. Yeah, so there's two there's two things that are underlying all this discussion. Number one, we don't have persistence at all yet. So reputation issues aside we they don't have a way to keep track of that at the moment number 2 we still got server wipes coming so anything you do now is just going to be temporary anyway uh,
3: number- uh, tony 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 the the persistence is between patches they have persistence right now from login to
1: login
2: Right, but there's why. Why bother worry about building up a rep right now? Because why would you
3: earn money right you'd now? Want to people test are the doing system. missions to earn money. It's you know.
2: You you want to know the
1: system works, Tony. That's why you do it now. Yeah,
3: I mean okay. you get to do it for three months before they reset it.
1: Yeah,
2: so okay. and the the, the that, so that's why we'll take that one off there. But then the next point of that is that. We don't have the sort of in game support for organizations right now, Jeff.
0: That's true. You, you,
2: yeah. You can't, the organizations can't earn reputation and you can't earn reputation with your organizations because that's not implemented yet. So they, they may be able to do that in the future. And that seems like a good mechanic, but they got to, you know, walk before you crawl or, or crawl before. You, wait, crawling comes before walking, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check
1: the roadmap. I don't know if crawling is
2: even on there. Technically, it's a definite first. Then Flying, walking, then crawling. Then. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm all confused. I'm all confused. Vulcan is coming. Let's talk for a second about Vulcan. What's Vulcan, Brian?
3: They're doing engine refactoring, API backend changes, and so over next couple of patches, they'll be slowly bringing in um, graphics improvements that makes the the effects more um, how to say uh, Vulcan friendly, where they're not. They don't rely on as many um, DX11 features and the like. And so they'll be abstracting them away, so that they can pick up that more of that on the on the engine side, and uh, eventually replace that with all with uh, Vulkan and DX12 shader code.
2: So DX12 is your Microsoft stuff, essentially, yeah. and Vulkan is basically I'm oversimplifying a great deal AMD stuff.
3: Vulkan is the open. It's OpenGL, o- open open basically. It's, it's yeah. done by the OpenGL group. It was a vid- originally donated by, I think, an, an, an a, um, AMD API, but um, AMD and NVIDIA both support Vulkan. Um, now it's an open standard with Kronos.
1: I understand Vulkan is, is a cool new thing, and people are set, you know making games for it. It's fine. It's not DirectX. That's fine. But they've already got a working engine that's working in DirectX. What are they gaining by changing to Vulkan or adding support for Vulkan when they've already got it working with DirectX,
0: Vulkan has some uh, has some uh, codes for uh, the actual GPUs and the instruction sets that are on the uh, video card specifically. I'm sure there are positives that make it
1: better than DirectX, and even some things that are like uh, new and high tech and cool. But my point is, why why worry about that in the middle of development? Is that something that you shoehorn in because it's the buzzword right now. Like, no, what's the
3: point of adding? It's primarily a performance optimization. So the reason that you want to do Vulkan or or DirectX twelve is um, you pay a lot less in terms of um, mips, iops, whatever you want to call it, for um, a given draw call. There's way less API overhead. So you you end up with two benefits. You either end up with lower CPU load overall, um, or you could say, or or the CPU is less the limiting factor in terms of doing um, uh, graphic straws. And so you're able to do a lot more of them in a given second. So you'll be able to have more objects on screen, etc.
2: You know what else you get with Vulcan? The ability to put it into PlayStation 5.
3: There you go. It's all about PlayStation 5. Look, it's a
1: console thing. Check that out.
2: I looked that up earlier today because I was curious too, Henry. For the same reason. Like, what the hell? Why are you bothering with this? PlayStation doesn't support DirectX. People have been asking for this for a while. Oh no! I, I, again, I, none of this, none of the, none of this, has to be. I'm just saying, if you line up all the things together, it makes a fairly persuasive case to my mind.
0: My my current, I agree. My current AMD graphics card supports Vulcan. Pretty sure. much any
3: graphics card you buy now has any graphics card in the last decade has had drivership that support
1: Vulcan. Yep. And that's not my point. That's not my point at all. My point is, they were trucking along one way and now they're adding this in tony makes a great point as to possibly why um you know, i think I that makes think, a lot of sense
0: i actually think this has probably been in in developed a lot longer than suddenly yeah
2: it, you don't you don't henry's question is why now they're entering the sort of the crunch phase they've got a year to go they've got a year they've got it they've got to be in beta for squadron 42 basically in a year and 23 days.
0: I, again, I don't think this is a why now. I don't think this is a why now. I just think it's coming up be, be, because that's what they want to talk about. I think this has been going on for some time, this Vulcan integration. It's not a new topic. It has been talked about off and on for the last at
3: least three years. And um, I do agree that it's probably because of Squadron 42. I don't agree that it's for specifically for consoles.
1: So if they announce PlayStation 5 and it's going to release on that and it's going to be like a launch title or or maybe not a launch title, but it's going to release there at launch as well as PCs or as an exclusive, will you tell Tony he was right? Maybe. What's it going to take? It depends on how drunk You don't have to
2: because I will be right.
1: I'll bet we don't have to get that far. I'll bet you it's on the roadmap the next time they add six months to the roadmap. Nope. (laughs) They'll be like, (laughs) well, PlayStation 5, guys. Go buy a PlayStation 5 now. Come on, guys. Get on it. They know their
3: audience. They know that everybody that's pledged so far is a PC person. I don't think they're going to do that. And they've
1: tapped us out. So many of us are on the radio going... I just spent all the money I'm going to spend. I'm going to wait till it comes out it, and then spend people some more. So, are
3: still buying these ships. I haven't bought a ship
1: at a, in at least
3: two years, but yeah, I yes, mean, you too. haven't. And but, look
1: what a, a, an evangelist you are for them.
3: But, 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 but they have made almost like you guys pointed out last week, their pro their intake has stayed the same year over year, at
1: least so
3: as far as we know.
1: And that includes quite an infusion last year
0: that didn't come from fundraisers, that, that's not came from that investors. Same sheet.
1: Not you don't th-
0: that's not part of the money they're counting? No. Not not the crowdfunding money. They can't. They can't. That's not crowdfunding.
3: It is like a, literally a crowdfunded chart, I'm pretty sure. I can go tell
2: you. I think it's just a crowdfunded chart. Skiffy, Skiffy tried to back of the envelope calculate what he thought for the 890. Today, he thinks that about 300 of them got sold. Between three and 400 of them got sold. Based on the charts on the thing, which were not... They sold doubled. out, right? They sold out the non war bond. How they did still they run out of pixels? <laughs> There's pixel shortage, Henry. That's, a limited,
3: that's what they call a limited ship. They don't want too many people starting out with like like the biggest high-end <laughs> ship, so they limit them.
2: And if you have too many of them in an instance, they cra- it crashes it the is, system. So. It,
3: is, it is artificial scarcity if you increase price. I'll readily agree that, with that.
0: That is, that is not a tactic they'd use. Come on. They,
3: that true. was in the it Kickstarter. Is,
0: it absolutely
3: is. In the Kickstarter,
0: that's why I don't have a Phoenix because I because it's a limit. It was a limited ship.
3: I bought one of the original Vanduul sights in the Kickstarter. One of the original three hundred. And with
2: that, now that we're all caught up on Space Sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio.
3: GPR News is supported by a grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments providing banking and insurance products to the ANSEET system and beyond for over 100 years.
0: Good evening, from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Closing ceremonies of a massive arts and culture celebration in Alliance Space are going on now. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace.
2: Thanks, Spencer. An Alliance Cultural Festival is coming to a close with a food festival in the DSO system, capping the seven-week-long extravaganza. Prior events were... Fine Arts in the Lave system during the first week, Film in the Leasty system in week two, Music in the Fecta system in the third week, Literature in the Olgreya system in week four, Theater and Dance in the Teen Isla system in the fifth week, and a Celebration of the Visual Arts in Elioth in week six. Notably during that week, the art thief known as the Winking Cat made a return to his old hunting grounds, the Garden City Gallery on Turner's World. But in a shocking twist, the cat burglar returned a painting rather than stole one. Over a year ago, the cat removed an avant-garde high-technology political piece called Uscape, which incorporated hundreds of cameras and a low-level AI. This time, the cat left behind a painting by Megan Madigan in the neo-traditionalist style known as Penance Street that disappeared 60 years ago. Aside from the obvious message sent by the work's title, Critics have surmised that the cat is telling the gallery staff that he or she would like to see more classical works given space in the museum. Prime Minister Edmund Mahon, in his Republic remarks, stated, I'd like to offer my sincerest thanks to anyone who helped make the Alliance Festival of Culture a grand success. We've enjoyed amazing artwork, heard beautiful music, and experienced great theatre in recent weeks, much to our delight. I have been reminded just how diverse and colorful the Alliance's shared cultures can be, end quote. With the festival winding down, the Thargoid menace abated, and the constant turmoil of the three competing superpowers calming for the moment, could this be the beginning of a lull in the cacophony of current events? From the Deso System, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm
0: Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments has announced a new line of insurance products for planet side traders. While cargo and transit between systems and planets is notoriously uninsured, TBWI has identified a market opportunity in the ground-to-orbit stage of commerce. Spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, quote, Individually tailored and bespoke policies that fit the customer's needs are our specialty here at TBWI. While 99.45% of all shipments from ground to orbit and 99.32% of shipments from orbit to ground arrive safely, you don't want to be that guy one out of 200 times. End quote. Finally, in local news... The revolutionary Anseith Free Party has petitioned local system authorities for assistance in dealing with mercenary attacks on its shipping. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, Our sources indicate that Anseith Partners is behind these abominable corporate raids. We simply won't tolerate use of violence against peaceful assembly and political expression. We intend to mobilize and defeat this aggression, end quote. Security specialists anticipate quelling the disturbance in less than a week. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDon. Good night.
2: Some say he made a map for doom of a bank vault because he needed a dot wad of cash. And it contained a replica of the liquid assets of the man in black, so it was a cash of cash's cash. But I know is he's called as Shiv, and I'll put together this week's feedback. So, we went through the joke last week uh, with Shiv, and no, did anybody get it last week? Did anybody get it?
1: I don't did remember like it? what it was.
2: I don't remember what it was. Some say he removed all aviation references from his humor, and it's funnier now that he's explained all his jokes. But all we know is he's called the Shiv. he'll you know, put together this week's feedback.
1: I remember kind of the big. explanation, and
2: that's why I get it now because it's X plane, and he took out aviation ah. references. He just spelled explain the way you say explain in, in like in a regular way. If you type in X dash plane, I know when I read it in my little uh, Jeremy uh, uh, knockoff voice, Jeremy Clarkson knockoff voice. Funny enough, he explained all his jokes. See, you hit that, and your that, that's, brain goes That's about.
3: totally the wrong pronunciation. You should go x plane.
0: And so, a recap of last week's community questions. How crazy is Tony with all his console talk? And has the latest episode of Pillar Talk moved you around the wheel of attitude in any way? Sarah writes in, A couple of things
1: that confuse me about this announcement. Weren't they already using staggered development? To elaborate, the roadmap each week shows four quarterly updates, and progress being made on each quarterly update, albeit a focus on the current quarter since there's presumably some dependencies. So weren't they already staggered? Also, they already delay features out of a quarterly patch, which in effect gives more time for that feature, so it seems they're already informally giving more than three months per quarterly patch. I'm not sure formally giving it a name will make much of a difference. My other point of confusion is, what about technologies and gameplay features that are dependent on each other? Unlike Call of Duty's alternating studios, making Black Ops isn't dependent on making Modern Warfare. Let me make up an example. Let's say the medic profession is to be added in 4.0. In the current system, you could have gameplay related to medics in 4.0, 4.1, 4.2, etc. But in staggered development, 4.1 can't have any dependencies on 4.0. They may have more time, but by by my understanding of their FAQ, they aren't making any of these quarterly updates bigger. So for the gameplay and technologies with dependencies, you physically can only have two updates a year, as opposed to four, since the intent of staggering development is to have more time with roughly the same amount of work. I suppose that makes me doubtful. So staggered development, yeah, they've done the past with different stuff. I think, as
3: Tony mentioned, it is primarily a change to how they do internal testing. Right, yeah. and and when they're doing how their sprints align and stuff
2: like that. I think the dependency points when we raised a little bit last week too. Um, it and it seems to me that if they've already been doing the staggered development, as we suspect they have been at least for a few months, hopefully they shook out a lot of stuff earlier that would loosen would you know would free themselves of the dependencies. And if they hadn't, then they certainly have now. I mean that may have been a lot of what. Drove the huge uh, purge from 3.7 and the shuffling around on the back end of a lot of other stuff. Uh, That may have driven a lot of that.
3: And I also like to point out that, you know, what we see in terms of shipping is not necessarily the same thing that they see in terms of internal release. So if something in 3.9 requires something that's in 3.8 earlier, they may have those features earlier in internal builds well before 3.8 actually comes out to us. So th- the things that are going in 3.9 that are on a six-month sprint aren't necessarily limited by something that's shipping in
2: 3.8. Which takes us back to our one of our earlier discussions, how much of what we see on the roadmap is actually linked to their internal ticketing, and is there some sort of a gate or filtering process that stops between them to say, "Well, we're going to put that out here. We don't want anybody looking for that feature in this update cuz that's just for us internally. We're not going to turn it on on the outside build."
3: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously like QA steps and other things here that they're they're factoring in for the external stuff that we don't see. And there's obviously things they're working on that are not are not reflected at all. Like, they had talked about the caves and stuff as a research project for a long time, but they only came in now, and they're shipping in 3.7, in yeah.
2: theory. The, the caves were first time, and I looked this up. I went back to our show. We talked about this almost precisely a year ago on our show. When so, they obviously, first brought it's, up been, the it's been
3: worked on for a while. It's just not on their roadmap. So, it's not a complete thing.
2: And I think it's interesting that that's the sort of thing that they dropped in at the last minute. They've had it; they it looks like they had it working. They just didn't need it to need it to go in now, or didn't have any reason to put it in now. Then it's like, well, we need to we need something, so they drop it in here. But I do want to want her base. The last sentence that Sarah writes in here: "You can only have two updates a year, as opposed to four. I think that in essence, that's what's gonna ha- what's gonna happen. They're still gonna have four patches, but they've stretched out the. Features of those patches in such a way that volume wise, we're only going to get two patches worth of stuff stretched out over four because they've had to alternate stuff and pull, and pull things out that did have dependencies and stretch those things out. So I, I think that, that they, and I think if you look at the chart and if you look at the numbers, there's a lot of stuff that either got taken off or pushed down to 3.9 and 4.0 that used to be in 3.7 and 3.8. So that, that all got bumped out a year. Not uh, sure. I agree with that. Uh, uh, I mean, it's we can the do, same We can look at the math. Of, we can look at the math.
3: I mean, I know, I know what you're saying, but it's the same number of people working on the same stuff. The primary at thing that's changing pace. is is how much they're testing and whatnot. So right. that means for the features they're shipping, they're likely going to be what used to be multiple sub features. You know, would be in the older older roadmaps. So you see a lot of things getting moved and combined and stuff. And I think it's. It's the same stuff, it's just being done in a different order. I don't think you're gonna see less stuff.
2: Well, I mean, but they're spending more time on the polishing and the bug fixing, which means that they're not spending as much time on the building and the growing, which is fine. And I think on the, and, and at the end of the day, it's probably smarter when you've got a hard deadline, you know, in a year and three months. But I think that they, those, those things did get pushed back 12 weeks, we know that. And I think effectively it got pushed back 12 weeks for the one set and 12 weeks for the other set, right? They, they moved things back in two sets. So it's the the stu- I think we're going to see a lot of stuff that gets crammed into 4.0. Fingers crossed, that's the last bit of building they do before that those those things that are cross-platform. And by cross-platform, I mean Squadron 42 and Star Citizen. That's the last bunch of stuff that's going to go in before they call it done and they start uh, beta polishing it. And next up, we hear from our dear friend Ken from Chicago, who wrote in a quite a lot of feedback, as he does from time to time. This one may be a record-breaker, so what we're going to do as we Must do from time to time with Ken's feedback is we're gonna sort of break it up a little bit and we're gonna just take chunks out of it to read. We did read the whole thing, Ken, uh, but we just for time we can't put the whole thing on the air. Don't worry, I'm sure my co-hosts have picked all the best parts where you take me to task. And so we shall begin. Ken from Chicago writes, question community question number two. Nope. I'm still in the believer category, optimistic, yet not blind to CIG's faults, and ready to provide constructive criticism. Community question number one, nope, crazy would be too simple and too easy. That was the TLDR answer. Allow me to expand on it. So first, let's let's get it out of the way. Tony
3: was wrong. Not only was Tony wrong, he was wrong in two categories of ways. Number one, Tony was contradicting himself again. A Tony divided can't stand. A. After years of complaining that Star Citizen's roadmap was incomplete and omitting items, but when Skiffy said he thought Squadron 42 might be further along than, than what the roadmap said, suddenly the roadmap is the holy grail and sacrosanct, with Tony countering the roadmap, says Squadron 42 is still Grey Box. B. After years of complaining that SIG is dragging its feet with feature creep in development and that they should just release the game, suddenly Tony raises the boogeyman of investors as forcing SIG to release Star Citizen early in 2021, nine years after Kickstarter. And C. Tony raises the specter that Star Citizen will be dumbed down for a console port that PC gamers don't want, but then complains that it may be exclusive to console players first, the dumbed down version that PC gamers don't want. And the second um, number thing, the, the second reason um,
2: category, the second category. Second, second category of how yes. Tony was wrong. Categorical wrongness here.
3: <laughs> categorical wrongness. More simply, Tony was wrong on the facts. A, Tony raised the scare of console port as if after years of PC development. That would be the only release. And yet, one, DC Universe Online had a PC version and later a console port. Two, Neverwinter Online had both PC version and a console port. And three, Star Trek Online also has a detailed PC version and a streamlined, aka dumbed down version.
2: Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, I have indeed.
0: And I'm um, skipping a couple paragraphs about Tony's wrongness. <clears throat> <laughs> And the word uh,
2: screed. Don't forget, uh, uh, regrettably, we're skipping over the word screed, which is always a good word to have
0: in in feedback. (laughs) Go ahead, Jim. He goes on and says, This is a podcast about answers, not merely complaints. You are correct, sir. Otherwise, Tony would have uh, himself guilty of berating Henry for beating a dead horse about the same topic for about 40 seconds just before Tony himself did the same for about 40 minutes. Classic Ser- Tony. <laughs> Seriously, I like to know what Tony wants because he's complaining about one thing not happening, and then when it does, compl- and, and when it does complain, it does happen. I mean, after years of complaining about Chris Roberts' management, when Roberts says he's working on coding, Tony complained that Roberts was working on some low-level programmer shirking his job as CEO. Which is it? Well. I'm going to skip through a couple
1: of pages of Tony being wrong and <laughs> everyone else being more right. And the word hater comes up several times. Uh, <laughs> skip that. Criticism. Yeah, there's a lot of that. All right, here we go. <clears throat> now Tony can not say three genuinely positive things about the game he co-founded his podcast about that you've spent hours each week for years studying playing commenting on writing stories and skits and theorizing about it's okay to admit feeling hurt that the game hasn't developed in the direction you wanted certainly not at the pace we've seen that a lot recently in movies tv shows comic books video games pretending we don't hurt only makes it worse tony share your pain and draw strength from the sharing <laughs> love the star trek line reference. the star trek five we were talking about that earlier yeah If you can't do that, then at least say what you want CIG to do. Pick a side, not for my sake, but for yours. (laughs) Left side, okay. Right side, okay. But being in the middle of the road, trying to have it both ways, as Mr. Miyagi would say, you would get squish, just like grape.
2: Squish like grape. <clears throat> all right well thank you Ken for Chicago for your for your for your words I feel like I should respond to at least some of well, that. I well, mean, what well, do you guys you think? know
1: there, you don't know, just want to read the there's, next there's,
0: part where they say hater again
2: no that's okay there's more hater
0: I just want to point out there's like two more pages of, of, of feedback here his Post postscript
3: is another yes. page unto itself.
1: <laughs> yes. Here's the thing: he used the word screed to talk about Tony, and then wrote a screed.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is true. I, I inspire I inspire people to action. I and I I think that's a wonderful and beautiful thing.
1: And anybody that
3: has side quotes and their feedback gets bonus points.
2: Yeah, that's you, awesome, get, you get you get you get you get positive you get points for that. Uh, no, so I feel I feel like I feel like I should respond to some of this stuff. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to name. He's challenged me here, so I'm going to name three genuinely positive things about Star Citizen slash Squadron 42. No. I'm going to name. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It's going to happen right now, and it's not going to be hard for me either. Number one. You, can, you can't say our show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, okay, okay, I got another one. I got another one. I had four. I had four. I figured you guys would object to one of them, so I'll just knock that one out. Okay, all right. So, number one. It's a visually stunning game. No one can ever deny that the game looks awesome. It looks amazing. And there's no way you can get around that. Number two, it is, conceptually, the game every space nerd ever wanted, right? I mean, can, uh, the concept of the thing is nirvana for what every person that's ever grabbed a joystick and a throttle would ever want. That is also completely well, well, undeniable.
0: Seeing, seeing as I just renewed my, my domain, com for the 14th year in a row, I agree with you. It's yeah, so, uh,
2: undeniable. And the third thing, the third nice thing I'm going to say about it is that they have managed to, I think against all odds, keep the thing alive and going because most other... Uh, I've. I have been accused of calling it vaporware, and I think I actually did call it vaporware. But when a lot of other projects would have come down, fallen apart, folded up, they're still going. And I think that it also speaks a lot to the commitment of the people that work there and the commitment of the people that support the game. So I, these are I, there's, there are good things about Star Citizen. There are good things about Squadron 42. I am, and I want the game, again, I'll repeat myself, I want the game to come out. I really do. But I am also, I also see many dangers and many things, and we can hear the good stuff from a lot of places, but the concerning stuff, I need to bring those things forward, I think.
1: I think everything you just said is exactly what he was saying in that last paragraph that I read, where, you know, he's contradicting himself here, where he's saying you can't be left or right, you need to pick a side. He says that right after he says you're allowed to be hurt, and you should be talking about that, pretending we're not hurt about it, Doesn't it makes it worse. I feel like he's doing a little bit of flip-flop in there. Yeah. Um so you know I'm not I'm not criticizing that but I'm saying I think if he looks at it he'll pro- probably see what he wrote
2: there is really what you're doing
1: you're just yeah. being hurt about some things that didn't come out right well, and pointing had, out the problems let me make it let me, let
2: me make clear I'm not hurt about Star Citizen not being out if this was painful I would just not do the podcast anymore or we wouldn't cover Star Citizen anymore if don't it was mean, painful like aching. I wouldn't do it. I just mean you've been injured in some way because it's not out because uh, not you put money injured. into I mean, it and not come out
1: to be. maybe maybe that's yeah. too
2: strong a word but. Yeah. To be fair, to be clear, Elite Dangerous is the game that I wanted, right? Okay. That, that game is the game that after, you know, it, it, I didn't realize it at first when I first started playing it. But Elite Dangerous is really the game that I, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm re, I, that's the game I wanted Star Citizen to be, the the, uh, the multiplayer side of it. The narrative side, the Squadron 42, the, this, the spiritual successor to Wing Commander, the, the story of the collapse of the Roman Empire, eh, eh, I could take it or leave it, but it, it's the, the it's the trading and the flying and the flying and the going off on your own, and doing random stuff, and doing what you feel like doing that day, and not being tied to any one particular thing. Elite dangerous is uh, that that's the game that I was really looking for. It it at this juncture, it seems to me that I'm going to get a squadron 42, which, okay, I liked wing commander, it was fine, but eh, eh, that's okay. It seems to me at this point squadron 42 is less likely because I'm sorry star citizen is less likely to happen because of a number of hurdles that star, squadron 42 has to clear in order for star citizen to become a reality.
3: So what do you what do you mean by happen? You I mean happen? I mean like what do you mean by star so you said star citizen is less likely to happen?
2: Well, I think they're less like I think it's less likely that they're going to have the resources they need to continue to finish the development to a uh, a stage that the majority, you know, more than half of backers thought they would get as an MVP.
1: I don't think so. I think that something will. Ha- I think that the Squadron Forty Two would have to flop hard in order to kill Star Citizen development. I think it would have to flop real hard
0: because you're gonna make money on it.
1: I mean, it's a AAA game. The marketing alone is going to drive sales. Even if the game sucks, you'll get a bunch of sales. Plus, plus they've created you know? a
0: bunch of new technologies and stuff that in gaming that that they can probably sell off. They probably already got patents out for some of this stuff. Some of that probably belongs to Crytek. <laughs>
1: Because <laughs> it's all um, based on their engine, so everything that they've done is like, oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna sell these extensions for this engine. Nobody's using anymore. I,
3: I think I, I agree. I, I mean, in, in the fact that I don't, I think they have to be flop hard to stop. And but I think, you know, I think when you say happen, it all, it just all depends on, on where. I mean, like, t- you're talking about like shipping the number, uh, the hundred systems or whatever. Right. That's yeah. that's a long time away, right? Well, and so are people are just counting. Yeah. If people are just going to count systems, then absolutely. But yeah. I think it's not, I mean, if the, sh- the game could ship and people have fun with a handful of systems, you know? And I think that would be, I think, I think they could sell that game on store shelves and be fine. That's you exactly
1: know? what Tony just said, though. It wouldn't yeah. come out in the vision that we had initially
2: because it's going to be based on and the resources the wheel. they have exactly. from Squadron 42. Exactly. If you look at the wheel, where I'm at on the wheel is that It's something's gonna happen, we'll get something, right? But it's not gonna be what we originally sort of thought it was gonna be. For example, the original stretch goal on the multiplayer game was 40 star systems at launch. Probably not. Uh, The original, you know, those other stretch goals had those different varieties of careers and stuff. We may have basic versions, tier zero versions of all those different careers, but they're not gonna be great. There'll be many games that work, but maybe aren't satisfying. Much like Elite Dangerous, the exploration mechanic, for example, it was okay when it launched, but what didn't really get good until like last year. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, see it's that an sort of the thing. Mo,
3: but I mean, like, it all depends on what you mean by happen, because, you know, they're continuing. assuming they don't run out of money. It's going to t- it's going to continue to evolve.
1: You mentioned it's not an MMO. How is that, or that? MMO, uh, I'm sorry, elites an MMO. How is that relevant to the discussion of the gameplay no, mechanics? I mean, Star
3: Citizen is an MMO, so it'll continually be patched. Is what I'm I saying. I see.
1: That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's an online game. It's it'll be it'll be maintained like Elite Dangerous. Again, it, like I said, if if Squadron Forty Two doesn't flop, and how hard it flops, I think is a you know it's a, that's a subjective decision, or you know there's a, there's a, there's a spectrum here. There's a scale, uh, of of where where it's successful enough to support the development of the online MMO, uh, and then there's whether it's successful enough to maybe get Chapter 2 finished, right? I mean, there's a a ladder here. Um, How successful Mm -hmm. does Squadron 42 have to be to do these things, or do these things in a timely manner might also be another thing, too, another qualifier to put on there, I guess. But, I mean, I think I'm being pretty true to where I said I was on the wheel, I know you guys are being true to where you guys thought you were on the wheel too, but I'm I'm down there on the side of yeah we'll see it, but it's not gonna be what we thought we were gonna
0: get.
1: I want to be honest. I'm not true to where I'm on the wheel because some days I get really uh, you can move on like the wheel down about it, and sometimes I get really optimistic about it. It depends on my mood, like Ken Shadow was saying.
2: That's the that it really wheel. depends on you the most move.
1: recent stuff I've read or the coolest thing I've just seen. Yep. But that's kind of what I think Ken's talking about. We all are kind of yo-yos a little bit about it, up and down. Um, and Thank we're you. gonna have different feelings about it. We should be. We should be talking about that. That's that's what I, we're doing. If
3: Star Citizen was just a video game to me, I, w- I would probably move around a little more. But you know, I'm, I mean, not on this damn podcast. But you know, I, I've been involved <laughs> in the community and I do all sorts of other random crap. You know. Yeah. So your for me, stuff. it's yeah. not just a video game, right? It's it's like a whole. You know, I know so many people like in the community and stuff. It's more of a, a lifestyle if you want to do it like that. I mean, people. Star might Citizen,
1: make... the lifestyle for twenty twenty.
3: I, I mean, people might want to make fun of you know people for that, and that's fine. You know, I mean, but but it, like you know, if, not, if people are into like Pokemon, know or whatever
2: yeah. the hell's going what, what, on. Or... Hold on, hold on. Do people make fun of people for having podcasts? Is that a thing?
0: Mm. No. Is that,
2: is that are we too nerdy? No. Oh, okay, good. Thank God. For a second, I thought, if, you know, white guys, middle-aged white guys on a Friday night hanging out talking about video games was nerdy somehow. Whew. Okay. I was I was afraid there for a second.
0: Tony, I think you should read the post the post script before I move on to the next one. The, Oh, the, the, the post 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 script? The third or fourth post script? No, the the
2: post, the PS. No, the, the, this was the third PS. Okay. I don't know if you saw that one up earlier. There, well, but yes, that one. Yeah. Yes, that one there. Speaking, the one that starts out speaking of open communication? Yep. Okay, all right. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I see why you want me to read this. Uh, P.S. Speaking of open communication, I just want to say, while we don't always see eye to eye these days about Star Citizen, I still enjoy and appreciate the hard work Tony puts into the podcast and his takes on perk near everything outside of Star Citizen, including his run on Priority One and when he returns as a guest host. For that, keep up the great work, and I truly do look forward to seeing more of your work with Henry, Brian, and the immortal one, Jeff. You're all a great team. Well... Thank you Ken and again you're always welcome to write in I'm happy to read your stuff and, and it's well thought out we just don't have time to read all of it uh, but uh, but but thanks
0: Not Clown Bobo writes in and says send any gif of Tim Curry Pennywise yeah that, that was spooky clown bobo that hurt me uh, and he did write in to
2: clarify some things. W- there were references of uh, this is why he sent in uh, Pennywise. It was references to the Dark Tower series of books, which I have not read to my oh, shame. and
0: I didn't. I have, and I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So he,
2: there, there was a bunch of uh, Dark Tower references in there that if I, I might have been able to play off of it a little better. Uh, but uh, but he did get his Walter Cronkite voice. So I mean, so he had that going for him.
1: Sean Newboy writes in,
2: three points to house Jeff for the Thunderdome reference. Wonderful show, everyone. There you go. There's your master blaster. Stephen Hunter UK writes in and said, had a wonderful hour playing Star Citizen today. Well, relatively lovely. While the game looks great and there's a lot of great functionality, there are still plenty of bugs, including inconsistent persistence if you log out via your ship's bed while in space. Something that needs to be fixed for those irregular players. They did talk about that in the tech meeting today, and they did say they were going to try to work on that um like they're, they're talking about in, introducing like a sleeping bag function kind of a thing where you could have a save point outside your ship and be a little more consistent but that's probably going to wait for the global persistence or when they uh expand this prototype that they've got working in the background
3: and, and the the bed behavior can weirdly vary from ship to ship yep yeah. So, I mean, like you can get in your, sh- your your bed and your Aurora and it worked fine. And then you go to your bed and your Redeemer and you're stuck in the bed and you can't get out and, and, and can't log off. And you just have to quit the game. And I've had that problem before. So, so it, it really depends on how they've rigged things and whether it's been fixed. Alec Turner writes in and says, still in the thick of this week's Star Citizen roadmap discussions, but I don't think I'll ever listen to an episode that had me literally shouting at my <laughs> iPad
2: before. Man, I managed to piss off Alec Turner, too. <laughs> Just
3: how many times and in how many different ways do Frontier have to state that ARCs are for co- cosmetics only before Tony believes them? <laughs> can you buy a fleet carrier with ARCs? No. Can you, buy, can you fuel a fe- fleet carrier with ARCs? No. When they say you can mine the, re- the refuel stuff or buy it from a station, do they mean with real money? No! And when Jeff starts hunting for the name of the in-game currency and comes up with dollars, sweet Jesus, no, no, no. It's credits for Christ's sakes. In-game, non-purchasable credits. Look, if FD ever goes back to the, on, on the basic and really simple to understand premise that you can only buy cosmetic store items with ARCs, I swear to God, I will do a video myself pushing as many custard pies into my face as will satisfy Tony. And you can use it as, with the tagline, this is what happens when you question Tony. <laughs> In the meantime, can we please stop asking whether every damn non-cosmetic feature of Elite can be bought with ours? And the answer is no, it can't. Head exploding face, ruffle face. <laughs> that, that
2: was that was this, that was what this hand gesture meant. Like oh. yeah, that. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so I've 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 been given what for by both Ken from Chicago and Alec Turner. I feel my work is done. I feel like last week was just so, was so, an excellent so show. So
0: your your objective on the show is to raise some controversy and get things uh, flowing you know, it, and it's, talking. It's, and yeah. uh, you know, people yelling at you, wanting to take your head. I have, um.
2: I have, I have resonated with them somehow, and whether it's love or hate, that resonance is there, and that's really that's what we go. for. We, it's a communications thing. See, that's lot, I'm, why I'm, we're
0: like, the number one space sim podcast. That's right, They're the best damn
2: space sim podcast ever, because we touch people. Yeah, in, in so in many sensitive ways. ways. That's right.
1: Anything to get <laughs> listeners right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And this week's community questions. Anyone else want to take a shot at Tony? What did you drink from the information fire hose? And what are you doing now, now that there's nothing to do in Elite? And otherwise, how was the show? Should we prototype our persistence back end, or should we just throw in the streaming towel? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord.
3: And that brings us to the end of episode 274 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 275 on September 17th. 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com.
0: We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean, Pun Master, Lowmaster, Our artist, Ben Multiverse Problem Solver, Sanders. And of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy.
2: Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Ten two three three zero. 15. Squawk seven seven zero zero.